water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, everybody, ladies, gentlemen, and those between to the world of Avatar. We're here on episode five, even though this is our episode four on the channel. <laughs> oh, no, it's getting more confusing now. <laughs> it certainly is. The King of Omashu. Yeah, book one, chapter five. Absolutely. Uh, what did you think of this one up front, sir? Um, well, I, I think I'll, I'll hold my cards close to my chest here on this one. Ah, uh, fair enough. Do you want to say your initial thoughts there or? <laughs> it's up front. It seems filler. Well, it probably is filler. Yeah, I guess we'll have this debate. <laughs> but again, I think this is needed. This, this was certainly needed. Hmm. Potentially as we go through now, your summary, sir, if you don't mind. Team Avatar continues their journey to the Northern Water Tribe, and this time they stop off at another location from Aang's past. I think the last time they did that was in, uh, was it episode three? Episode four. Oh, uh, past. Yeah, sorry. No, yeah. Episode three. Yeah, this time arriving at the city of Umashu, Aang reminisces about a young friend of his named Bumi, who showed him how to use the city's mail system for some kind of adrenaline pumping slide rides. And upon re-entering the city, he takes Team Avatar on another attempt to repeat this innovation in slide technology. But unfortunately, this runs them afoul of the law there. And they're quickly brought to the king, who seems a little off, you know, in the brain department. He seems a little wacky. But looks can be deceiving, as he quickly realizes that this young, tattooed monk is in fact the Avatar. And seeing a chance to do something, he straps a pair of crystal rings on Sokka and Katara, with a ticking death clock attached, as these crystals will continue to grow indefinitely and eventually consume them whole. And the only way to save them is Aang completing some pretty absurd tasks for this Mad King. And in a final confrontation, Aang is given the choice to choose a combatant for this kind of WrestleMania-type event. And Aang chooses the king, and the two battle it out. They end the duel in a standstill, and the king gives him one final question before he'll allow his friends to go free. He asks Aang to tell him his name. Aang thinks on the journey the tasks have taken him on, and he realizes that the only answer is the most obvious one imaginable, and that's that this king is his old pal Boomy, a hundred years later. Boomy reveals that the crystals were harmless rock candy, and they did these tests to remind Aang to think outside the box. We get some brief name drops of threats to come, and Aang and Boomy relive old times together as credits roll. And I 100% took that as credits roll thing from now playing podcast, but it was just so fitting there. I couldn't help it. So I just had to call it out. Fair enough. But yes, yeah, so this one's definitely a little bit more, like you said, kind of um, filler. Oh, but should we uh, press play on the episode here? Yes, as we normally do for all those who don't know, we'll, we'll be going through this episode as, as we always do with all these. And we'll, you know, sporadically talk about what is going on on screen pause it 
and keep going of course yeah and we're again i think we mentioned on i don't know when the last time we mentioned it was but we don't spoil the rest of the series only the episodes that we've seen so far so and all the spoiler stuff we leave till the end in the after credit sequence so everybody get your uh get your dvds or blu-rays or online uh, uh playlist of timestamp zero please press play loosely right now yeah now we we have to wait through our awkward little sequence here we just uh <laughs> the intro again <laughs> we gotta we gotta do this like 55 more times yep the king of omashu yeah so i'll just say right off the bat i did not remember this episode at all when i watched it until we got to the end during the big um the big combat sequence oh, okay everything else was a complete blur so <laughs> obviously this was not one that really stood out in my mind but yeah so team avatar find themselves arriving at uh, the city of amashu which is a really cool design i think right off the bat yep built on a mountain or built from a mountain yeah we get some pretty comedic stuff with ang with uh, pretending to be the old man yeah, no, he's uh, certainly trying to blend in well. I wonder what was going on with Appa this whole time. Because we'll obviously get a mention of, you know, he's outside the city the whole time. But I guess he was just grazing. Yeah, just grazing. Just, uh, you know, just grazing. All alone because Momo goes with them. Yeah, just kind of hang out on his own. Probably sad, too. Oh, man, they all get to go in that city and I just got to stay here. Oh, man. Where's my where's my pop Funko figure of Aang uh, as... <laughs> grandpa Aang. i don't even i don't even remember his name i don't yeah grandpa Aang, basically yeah and i like the stuff with the guard here especially when the guard um tells uh Sokka like hey respect your elders carries bag for him i thought that was a fun moment respect them elders there bud uh well before we before we get unless you're going into it sorry oh i was going to but you go ahead <laughs> yeah so this is a this is a meme mm-hmm. well first off yeah the friendliest people in the world which we don't fully know yet. Could have. We don't know what happened beforehand. Like the, this cabbage guy could have been, you know, wrong. Could be on a poisonous. Who knows? But this was a meme. This was a a meme, as they say, apparently in the Avatar fandom, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about. I never. I thought it was a funny moment, but that's all I thought it was. It was just a funny moment. Me too. Never took it as you know a recurring internet thing. Um, but you know, especially since we see him in the episode more, uh, but I don't know, I guess, I guess a lot of people found it funny and it became a meme, but yeah, in case anyone doesn't realize at this point, we're talking about the cabbage merchant who uh, we see his cabbages get kicked over the side in the beginning of this episode. So kicked more like launched over the side. Thank you very much. Launched. Yeah, that's fair. So they were poisonous for all we know. Friendliest people. I mean, maybe they just want to sell them the friendliest cabbage. Maybe, maybe it wasn't friendly looking. That's that's the thing. You have to. Everybody who comes into the city or anything that does come into the city has to look really friendly. So all those weapons that we're going to see later on, oh, they're friendly weapons. That's fine. They look they look friendly looking. It's completely the opposite of like you know Trudeau banning all those scary looking guns. Oh boy, getting political over there. That's fine. It's fine. But right off the bat, you can feel this episode kind of leaning into the humor elements because they don't really have a ton else to it. Way, way, way more funny. (laughs) Pippin Patalopsilkis. (laughs) Just that name right there, man. That's that's pretty funny. You might disagree with me on that one, but... 
Yeah, I'll admit the humor for this episode maybe doesn't play as well on me as it as it might for others. So I could totally see that. <laughs> it's a lot more visual humor and or, or not even visual, but gags. A lot more gags, absolutely. Verbal gags. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, they. Uh, like I said, there's that bit where because Aang manages to convince the guard that he's an old man, and he tells Sokka, "Hey, carry this bag for him." Yeah, which I like that moment. I thought that was kind of funny. I like the yeah. fact that he doesn't even. It doesn't occur to him, not even occur, but it doesn't like he's not, he doesn't realize that these are both water tribe members. He's just like okay with that. <laughs> I, f- I find that interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about the city. Maybe lots of people pass through. Ah, probably it's probably like in between a crossroads area. I gotta say, I like the there's a little bit of animation there that they they remembered where the, the rock was still there, which is nice. Mm. Uh, that he like used to like, intimidate Aang almost. Yeah, but. Yeah, and then we enter the city, and it's just just beautiful. This stuff, really, really beautiful designs. It's it's really nice. First time we see uh, the Earth Kingdom, I believe, actually, or at least an Earth Kingdom city. Oh yeah, yeah. I think this first, I think this is the first episode overall that we see an Earthbender. Yep. Besides the uh, the intro, of course, but yeah, of course. <laughs> um, Earthbenders everywhere, and how their style works. Did you get any like metropolis looking feels to them? Just how like, you know, high the city is. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. Some of the stuff with the um, shoot system. Yeah. The shoot system. Yeah. Some of that stuff, just the conveyor belt element of it was reminding me of it. Some of the shots. It's been a long time since I've seen metropolis, but that's still haven't seen it yet. Yeah. We'll cover that one day, but I remember just seeing, I, I remember that scene uh, before I think it was like four or like three fifty nine or something like that. Where we just see like you know a pan up shot, we were just look right up and to the top, and it was like that feels like something out of Metropolis. Mm. Even the design itself almost looks like Metropolis, but made out of rocks somehow. Yeah, no, I, I can I can see that. Oh, but Ang tells Sock and Guitar about like the last time he was here. We get that flashback to him and Boomy. Yeah, and Boomy definitely, like, even the design, I feel, looks a little more cartoony than what we've seen previously on this show. He's certainly, he is an eccentric kid. His yes. parents must be uh, happy to have him. <laughs> the world's greatest super slad. Yeah. But you could sort of kind of see, like, how him and Aang would be friends, though, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're both kindred spirits in that they just want to, like boys just wanted to have fun in a way mm-hmm. of in, in the child innocence kind of way of, of just they see everything and want to have an adventure with it which is nice and technically yeah last time we saw boomy he was 12 years old or at least around yang's age maybe even 10 who knows yeah yep yeah. so he must be pretty old when we uh or i guess i don't want to spoil but actually i already spoiled it in the opening <laughs> what do you mean yeah you <laughs> clearly did that there bud oh Oh, but Aang wanting to relive the old memories takes Guitar and Sokka on the races. I actually gotta, I gotta ask though. Sorry, we saw in the flashback Aang had tattoos. That was obviously before he was. The flashbacks happened before he was the uh, revealed to be the Avatar. Excuse me. Uh huh. I I didn't really think about that element, but you might be right. Because, hmm. but it, it, you can maybe question the anachronism there—not even the anachronism, but the chronology uh, chronology there. Excuse me. Of. So he's a master by the age of like 10 or 11 because he's been he's told that he's the avatar by 12. So that would have happened had to have happened all before that. Um, 
Yeah, that that is a little a little odd to think. Because hmm. I feel again, when we get to the episode, we'll we'll see. But between him being told he's the Avatar and then him running away is a short gap of time, and he wouldn't have been able to go see Boomy uh, by that time. Hmm. But anyway, sorry, continuing on, is that he is going to go on the super slide with Katara, Sokka, and Momo. Yeah, and. What do you think about the animation in this episode? Do you feel like it's a little bit different than what we've seen so far in this season? Oh, yes, it is. You know why? It's by your buds. It's your favorite buds, man. It's by DR Movie. My favorite buds. Yeah, your favorite animation studio. It, they were the ones that made some of those uh, other episodes that you were not a fan of, or at least animation. Oh, was. yes. I noticed that and I was like, oh, wait till I tell Caleb this because he's going to love it. <laughs> Yeah, almost. It started with the flashback scene, but I feel like from then on in the episode, I kept being like, ooh, this animation, something looks like it looks extra cartoony, but like fake anime cartoony. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. Oh, see, by the way, if you're looking at right now, the slide scene that they're going down and they have the you know typical on a train track, we have something, you know, going right next to us and it's bad and then it like turns into one track. And mm-hmm. in this case, it's long range spears. <laughs> Come on, those, those are those are friendly spears. Like uh, only in the friendliest city in the world. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not seeing many like off frames uh, like we saw in the last episode when Aang like just blitz Kriegs from like what was it uh, from water back to land when he was being chased by the Unagi. No, yeah, I don't think there's any off frames. I think just maybe the character design choices are just kind of off hey everybody pause at 528 sorry wow i'm i'm paused at 529 that's hilarious you mean when they when they pause when they pause it's perfect (laughs) it was at this moment they knew they mucked up anyway and again that feels more like an anime choice um oh yeah but also played for comedic effect Uh, i'm not gonna deny that (sighs) That is funny that I'm stopped a second later. That's <laughs> I have airbending. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the slide sequence to end here. <laughs> what would you think about the slide sequence overall? Because it's it's a bit of a long sequence. Well, it's probably like maybe like two three minutes. Uh, maybe not that long. <laughs> yeah, but I'd say two minutes given. Um, yeah. Again, it's it's action to hold up because there are action beats and scenes in this episode. It's not like there isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, is it people are like, oh, is it forced action for the sake of drama or to you know keep the episode going? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think it all evens out. I think it's okay. Yeah, it's it's fine, and and they they do cause a lot of collateral damage, which is uh, <laughs> a little bit humorous in its way. Yeah, unfortunate for those when you think about it. But I like when they go through that one house and the cat starts fighting with Momo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, I forgot about that. And they destroy the cabbage vendors' uh, cabbages again. So continuing that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Getting rid of a bunch of tiles on the roof. They destroy a potter's um, pot that he's building. You know, Aang, sorry, but even still, that was quite rude of you, Aang. I don't even know what kind of cat that is. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a long sequence, but they do get some fun moments in there. So it, it's I think it's mostly justified. But should have landed on them anyway. It does kind of show that this episode they're a little bit thin on material, so that's why they drag out that sequence like that. I think, but 
I mean, again, I guess it was to fulfill basically the boy fantasy of going down a very, very, very long slide. Mm. Because why not? Oh, but after that, they're arrested and dragged before the king. Yep. Which this king is clearly very, very aged. And, uh, oh, I forgot about the cabbage guy here yeah. screaming off with his head. <laughs> off with their heads. That's a funny moment. I forgot about that one. That is pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, but the king, he starts starts giving Aang a certain look like, hmm, something about this guy. Uh, I don't know. He looks familiar to me. Or at least really like looks deep into him, into his soul. Just like, hmm. and maybe people, it makes the audience think like, oh, maybe he knows he's the Avatar somehow. And he's going to like, you know, use him as leverage to give him back to the the fire nation i wonder if it is pretty obvious for some people how often they because th- i don't remember much of this episode when i was a kid i think i may have missed this episode back in the day or if i did watch it i just completely forgot about it yeah like me it's pretty forgettable i think <laughs> that's fair well because i knew who boomy was uh so i must have seen this episode but i mm. don't remember if i knew that was boomy or if i had seen the remember the flashback because that was why the flashback was there um and it, it probably was an instant giveaway that would have been interesting if they had it was. switched the flashback to like imagine if it was the ending instead of the beginning yeah but then it'd be like a mystery that you could never solve but maybe that'd be better because yeah like i said i did not remember this episode at all and i immediately knew that it was gonna be boomy so see there you go yeah i don't know if that was a secret memory that i just didn't remember but it, it seemed obvious because he seems just as wacky and out there. What did you think of Boomy's throne room? Uh, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, I just mean his chambers. His, uh, I really like this set. I love uh, the, the green atmosphere, the green lighting, everything. It's it's very weird. It's, it's very interesting. You don't see that as often. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't think much of it, but no, no that's fair. I do like that it's all green. So <laughs> and it's got like more of a mechanical element to it. Like for the look of it, this whole city seems so much more futuristic than everything it's else. Not, it's not mechanical. It's more like modern and or good use of how earthbending works. Um, the structures are very straight and poignant. Everything has got a uniformity to it in a way, except for the King himself, who looks like he's <laughs> not exactly the, uh, brightest uh cookie in the in the in the in the jar of cookies as they say yeah i was gonna say very symmetrical look to it this is true and kind of uh oh <laughs> there's the eating the lettuce scene oh boy <laughs> yeah they give lots of moments where he just looks crazy but i do love the earth bending stuff here like when they put him in their cell and they just kind of raise up the wall i think that stuff's super yes cool. certainly certainly Sokka would love some meat he uh as he said before he wanted some meat two episodes ago so thank you boomy for giving him some meat although i wonder if they'll take some of the stuff for the road who knows <laughs> oh you're still at the dinner table kangaroo island eh? hmm what is that i know i just literally like spoke with him verbatim but oh yeah what do you think of that i guess you didn't like that joke of like kangaroo Island. Eh? i hear it's really hopping and then there was like Awkward silence, man coughs, and then uh, Sokka laughs. Like, that probably yeah. didn't get you... Uh... No. Didn't particularly do too much for me, but... <laughs> I mean, for I feel like it's funny for a lot of folks nowadays, even, like, 
not just children, but I mean actual kids or a lot of adults might find that funny because of the humor of it. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're at the uh, when they're put in their cells yet, so I've just been waiting for you. No, but... yeah, just uh, just going through a bunch of, like you know, Ang trying to talk his way out of getting out of the city. As I say, oftentimes, lettuce leaf indeed. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't mind the design choices for them this episode. Um, again, I know it's by a different studio, but I think it worked. I just felt like it was inconsistent, I thought. But I watched this one and the Warriors of Kyoshi back to back. So As did I. <laughs> yeah, that could have been could have been some of my, my issues. So what do you think of the, uh, the little uh, back and forth between uh, the king and one of his guardsmen about taking the guys or taking these three to uh, the chamber. Uh, again, I didn't think a ton of it. What, what were you thinking? I <laughs> uh, just like the back and forth of like, is that like pointing out something and it's not funny? It's like a, a, a whedonism almost in a way. I, I have no idea to the refurbished chamber. Like you said, this one was, it's, it's much more kind of gaggy. Yep. Like it's really leaning into the bits. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. I always find this struggle when it comes to comedy. Like, I feel like Sokka is always a good kind of butt of a joke because he's kind of a straight man, but also the joke at the same time. Yep. Boomy is kind of like an all comedy character. He looks silly. He talks silly. He acts silly. He says silly things. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's a little more kooky and out there, eh? Whereas yes. Sokka is actually like logical and you're able to understand his humor a lot better. Yeah, and Aang's almost got a deadpan quality to his humor. It's like that part in the first episode when uh, Sokka's trying to train all the kids and then he looks over and suddenly Aang walks out of like the bathroom and he's like, everything freezes in there. Like he's not trying to be funny. He just is funny because of the situation. Yeah, I think he's, I think what you're thinking more is he's completely straight and, uh, and or oblivious. To the fact that I'm very naive, the fact that he's 12 years old and doesn't like, you know, realize like, and he's never done that before. It's like, I didn't, I couldn't believe that my, you know, <laughs> everything freezes in there. Yeah. But something about Boomy. Yeah. Just the, the, like the character design, even when he's a kid, it all feels like it's played up to like, he's like this cartoon and it just kind of puts me off for whatever reason. I don't eh, know why. <laughs> fair enough. I guess basically what he's saying, folks, he, he probably wouldn't like Pinkie Pie if I showed him. Yeah. I don't know what that is. So. Yeah, it's totally fair. <laughs> Leave that at that. Um, every, I don't know why everyone go to ten twenty six. I think that's. A, I just love Ang's face right there. He's holding that face for a while. Yeah, I actually don't mind their. Like I said, I don't mind their designs here with this animation studio. I think it's actually a good fit. Is are his eyes a little bit bigger than they should? Probably, but I think Katara and and Sokka's are. Again, maybe closer to what an actual like their real world counterparts would look like. Yeah, no, that that could be fair, or maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. I don't know. I'm wrong on that. Oh yeah, this part right here with Momo, you know, licking the apple or already bitten apple, um, was actually uh, referenced, uh, used as a reference point uh, with uh, Brian and Michael themselves. If everybody looks on their DVDs or Blu-rays, there's a feature there of uh, bringing the animation to life. Uh, they actually act out some scenes that eventually the animators use as references to how they actually translated them in animation to the actual episode itself. If that makes sense. So we have their Momo on a couch, you know, licking that uh, apple. 
and Brian is literally on the couch um, with a pillow up his shirt to you know show how like fat he's become, oh, and yeah. he's like licking a bagel in, in place. So I thought that was pretty funny. No, that is funny. I, I remember watching that extra. Yeah, everybody go and watch those extras. Those are some really good extras, and they're spread throughout this Blu-ray. Whereas I think in the DVDs, they're just all on like one disc. The extras? Oh, oh, oh for the DVDs. Mm. Yeah, the DVD extras, excuse me. I don't know if that's a fisheye lens of when Momo's like getting shoved into the pipe. <laughs> no, not quite. Yeah, probably not. Uh, but so where we are in the plot here. Um... I got a question, though. When they go to sleep, do they somehow, are they somehow able to like block those crystals out? Because I guess I'd be able to sleep through um, this green light, omnipresent light, but it probably start getting to me. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And it certainly is playing with their colors. I'll say that. It's it's really playing with, like, you know, the blues that are Katara and Sokka. Mm-hmm. And it was even playing weirdly with Aang, uh, all in his red and yellow. Found that interesting, but that's just me. Where are we in the plot? We had the dinner, and then they went to rest in their room. Before they go to the bedroom, did they get the rings put on or after? Uh, no, they... Well, we... Well, let's see. Ang wakes up and find out that he's a drooler, which is interesting. I'm <laughs> that as well. I, I drool at night, unfortunately, as well. Um, very annoying. And then he's told by the guard to come with him and to see the king. And then he goes to see the king. And he's in his purple garb, which I actually like the colors. I think it's uh, really suits him. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, it's kind of contrasted against all the green, but I know right? I do like the purple. <laughs> do greens and purples go together? Well, if you're a Decepticon, it certainly would. Hey, it grows, goes together in my house. Yeah. Got a green bedroom and then a gigantic purple wall right outside. So <laughs> that's fair. Oh, but so, yeah, that's when the king starts being like, OK, I've got some challenges for you, you know, but I, I was I forget why he had the challenges. I watched this like last week. So, um, was it just because he was like, you're the avatar, do these things to entertain me or else are gonna, or else your friends are going to be consumed by these crystals? Is that what, what happened? I guess you could say it was, but no, I think it was more like you do these challenges and then I will free your friends. But did he give a motivation or was it just like, do this to entertain me? No, it just seems so far like... Literally, like, do, you know, pass my challenges and you will, you know, I will, I will break them. Only if you cooperate uh, will he f- uh, free them. Well, that's, I guess that's fair. I mean, he is laughing. I'll do what you want. There you go. He is laughing as he's like, do it for me. So I guess that is kind of uh, at least faking that it's for his own entertainment. So. Yeah, but also the fact that his friends might do it. I got a question. Well, where's that well. mask? Where's that mask from that? Those, those genomites coming from? yeah growing crystals it's like okay there's there's bending which is like legitimate and then there's this which is like i kind of like you're kind of yeah so the first a little far-fetched for me in that one the first one angs like over on some sort of platform type thing and there's this key on a ladder and he starts dropping all this water down and ang like jumps along all these little what did you call them again so there's Whoa, hold on a second. Whoa, Moses. Whoa, Moses. 
get my facts straight because I've I know the terms. I just have to make sure. Okay, stalactites are from the ceiling. Stalagmites are from the floor. Everyone remember that. So <laughs> he's he's jump while running slash jumping between like like parkouring between stalagmites. Yeah, and then as he gets the ladder, there's all this water there. And instead of using some water bending skills, he just jumps right into the stream. Which what do you think nice. about that? So did you uh did you describe what like what the what what's what's going on right now or what the what the challenge is exactly? Oh uh, yeah, he's gotta climb up a ladder to grab a key. So not it's not that. It's it's it seems like that, but there's a key in a waterfall, like inside a waterfall, a running waterfall. And what do you say? Yeah, he, it's if the key is to his lunchbox, literally, like that's pretty funny. Uh, it's all just like humorous it is. And then he's like, oh yeah, I guess yeah, climb that ladder and then grab it for me. And you're right that he didn't think about using water bending. I'll give you that one. It's like maybe he wasn't thinking straight because time was of the essence uh, for his friend's sake. Whatever, that's probably an excuse. He should have. He should have known. Like he should have done water bending. But could he have been that quick about it? Would he have done it? I don't know. Because at this point, he hasn't learned any waterbending yet. It's only mm-hmm. been from uh, the Avatar state. So unless he like, you know, if, if, if he like sticks his head near a stalagmite or tight to, you know, almost like get himself in danger, maybe, maybe he could like, you know, cheat the state. Obviously he won or the spirit, excuse me, at this point. Uh, probably not. But yeah, I love the fact that after he tries, you know, running up the waterfall, like on a rock and then, you know, trying to go against the current, you know, he he falls and then like almost impales himself in the crotch, but saves himself like, you know, between two stalag mites. Yeah, Boomy, this is pretty dangerous. I mean, just for like a lark. So then his second attempt is he's going to go to the stalag tights. Uh, on the above so he's gonna come at it from the top which i kind of like that's 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 interesting he starts from the bottom he's like all right let's go from the top and he actually uses airbending this time uh to start spinning try spinning maybe that'll work and try to make himself like a drill this is a drill and lands right back on a stalagmite so you know rule of three he's (laughs) probably gonna get it again as boomy said i'm sure it'll work eventually yeah, this time he switches just to chopping one of those stalag tights, you said, right? <laughs> the ones on the ground. Stalag mites. Mites. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, splits one in half. With sheer strength, by the way, I'm surprised by that. Like, sheer and utter strength. I'm not saying, like, Aang isn't strong, but, like, he literally rips a stalag mite off. Yeah. Like, that's not... That's I don't know about that, man. Like, that's... that's um, he literally is almost, like, physically earthbending in a way. Yeah, he literally rips it off the ground. So like, I'm just like, what? That is a little, that is a little odd. But then he uses some, uses some air bending and throwing skills to split that key right off, and then drop it on top of the king's head. Except it's hanging, not not dropping. But <laughs> and obviously, all you you know other um, geologists out there could be like, okay, well, obviously, depending on the mineral, um, it could it could be easily to break off. It's still rock though. Like it's it's still rock. Yeah. For pit's sakes. 
they at least need something to like hit it or something or get some sort of better leverage, I think. But not yeah. even saying that, but like just just keep that in mind, guys. So maybe this is his like first introduction to earth bending in a way of like he literally just like bends the earth by like you know moving it with his body instead of doing it from a distance. But anyway, yeah, he then it's like like a boss. It's pretty funny that he angled it properly. That's just pretty funny. Just like you know, goes right above Boomy's head. That's that's, that's pretty funny. But anyway, yes, next to the pet Flopsy, and oh my goodness, that that little bunny, like long-eared bunny, I guess is his name. That that first little guy looks cute. Like he's very yeah, it's cute. a cute little bunny. And then shows up a goat bear almost or something. Yeah, goat. I don't know what, but this scene, this little Coliseum scene, made me think of uh, Clone Wars, Tartakovsky Clone Wars. Oh, I was not thinking that because that one's much more violent than this. Yeah, it is. But and it was also making me think of Goblet of Fire. So <laughs> also don't want to think of that scene because I know um, Asajj Ventress would probably chop Flopsy in half. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> want that. Yeah, but it's, it's another one where he had to kind of think instead of using brute force. How can I be clever to figure out this task? And he just realizes that, wait, Flopsy's actually the big beastie, which I don't know how he realized that. But uh, and he's the reason he keeps coming towards him, Flopsy, but he doesn't know that yet. Um is that he keeps calling his name. And so then he realizes, like, oh, okay. That's why. Because the, the little critter there was not coming towards him, whereas Flopsy was. Mm. So that's that's kind of what gave it away, I believe. Oh, okay. No, that, I didn't realize that. Hmm. Good call. Then he consults with Katara and Sokka about, you know, what's going on there. And you'll probably like this gag. Well, you gotta, you gotta, maybe it's, it's pretty petty, <laughs> but like... As the crystal is like literally encasing their whole torso, it's to their feet, and now it's like right to their shoulders. Does one side of because of weight distribution, like it's like where's all the mass coming from? That's my that's my biggest thing of like where's the mass coming from? Well, it's clearly like a magical ring. The way it comes back looks magic. <laughs> it's a match. Well, yeah, that's the only problem. It's literally, like... one would say it's the spirit world. Like I can believe that. I will believe that. <laughs> spirit, like, spirit crystal. World. Because literally we see like what spirit vines are like. Spoilers. Um, yeah, I I didn't mind that bit. Um, when Aang goes over to the king next and he's like, I'm ready for the next challenge. Yep. And then the mad king just like laughs and laughs. So it's kind of <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, I don't love the voice for the king. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I know I'm a little bit of a downer on this one, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know who the voice actor is, and I, I, re- I recognize his name. And he's been in, in some a lot of things uh, here and there, random stuff, pop randomly sometimes. Yeah, it sounded really familiar. I didn't even realize it was him. I was like, oh wow, he actually did a good job of like you know doing a different thing with his voice, which is nice. Oh, did you write down the the name or? So it's Andre. This is hard for me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Like if you saw, his, actually, I'll just like freaking post his name. Oh, right in the uh, the chat. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> You're gonna just be like, what? Yeah, and you know me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that an L? I yeah, assume he's like that's... Italian. Yeah, looks looks Italian. <laughs> yeah, so we'll just yeah we we tried, Andre. If you're listening, we apologize. So. <laughs> Uh, so bleached. Okay, anyway. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Moving on. So now, yeah, the king presents his next challenge. 
He's got two fighters that Aang needs to face, or can choose between the two of them to face. Typical, typical uh, Japanese animation designs. Pretty cool, though. Yeah. Interesting to see them in a fight. Yeah, one looks more like sleek and quick. The other one looks kind of lumbering and beastly. Very big. But Aang, he says, whichever one you point to, that's you have to fight. And Aang ends up pointing to the king. You said in front of him, could he have like picked Katara or Sokka? That would have been funny. <laughs> yeah, and this is, this is somewhat of a, a spoiler, but you'll probably forget. But this, the king's reveal where he's like, oh, so you chose to fight me, eh? And then he like stands up and he ends up being this like super muscular like beast. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, it really reminds me of Itchy the Killer. Oh. <laughs> it was a very distinct moment. That's not what I thought you were going, but okay. It was a very comical moment in that movie where something like that happens. But but yeah, this is another, like it looked super anime-ish. And then Aang has that thing where you're like, oh, he looks all scared and the little like clouds pop up by his head. Oof. I remember that but i gotta say i really didn't enjoy the fight you did enjoy it, you said yeah i very much enjoyed the fight like it was well choreographed i think good use of the environment uh like you know the fact that it's this you know this, this old cackling man he's he's <laughs> he's boomy is like the good version of the emperor like, <laughs> he seriously is if you think about it yeah, the emperor at least in the at least in return of the jedi yeah return pretty... to, yeah i'm talking like yeah original trilogy here yeah but he's kind of scary yeah, but i'm saying like this is a good version of him this boomy feels a little bit more like uh revenge revenge of the sith uh <laughs> all right i'll give you that but uh, again not bad <laughs> hey that's the best part of that movie him being so over the top so <laughs> but you know it's a pretty good fight i like when ang's right around his little ball I think that stuff's pretty cool. The air scooter. <laughs> yeah, that it feels a little drafty in here. Line was was a little funny. I'll admit that. <laughs> of that moment of when Boomy brings like a boulder towards Ang from behind, and then Ang like jumps and kind of almost sucks in air to almost like mm. make himself float a little more. I kind of like that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And then of course, Boomy realizes like, whoops, it's coming right towards me, and then breaks it with earthbending. Mm-hmm. blocks it which was nice it was like ah nice move but then of course he like just takes all of his little balcony and is about to throw it at Aang and then what does, <laughs> what does Aang do but he starts spinning <laughs> let's try spin <laughs> let's try spinning oh that's a good trick yeah <laughs> or as you know the flash would also do just like you know run Barry run oh and it's boy just always just spinning but here's the thing the thing was is that if you watch the extras and, you know, listen to Sifu Kisu there, I uh, said that with Bagua, uh, there's a lot of circular movements uh, with Bagua. So technically speaking, the spinning and the tornadoes make sense. And it's airbrain for its sakes. Of course, there's going to be tornadoes. Why wouldn't there be? And then after he basically used that tornado to, you know, reflect uh, the balcony right back at Boomy. Does Aang almost have him at point with his staff? And then he looks up and Boomy has a freaking, yep. what do you call it? A, a boulder right above them. But then it seems as though he has uh, either surrenders or what do you call it? Yeah, either surrenders or is like, all right, good move. And uh, that's, that's the end of the match. Yeah, and then he just like falls through the floor. <laughs> Like a boss, and then teleports, transports uh -huh. right uh, back up to the second balcony. 
and says, you have passed on my trusts. And then in a Monty Python-esque move, pretty sure, uh, <laughs> asks, almost about to ask the winged sparrow question, what is the philosophy of a, was it European? Oh yeah, I, I, I wing swallow. I don't know. Is it African or European? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it just seems a little rude of the king. You know, I I thought this was going to be the last of the tests, but I guess not. Yeah, but it's like, what? If, what's the point of a test if, if you don't learn anything, as he said? Yeah, I guess that's fair. This is the quiz at the end. Yeah, the, the pop quiz. <laughs> what is my name? And then, uh, of course, we have Katara and Sokka there, which is a good idea. They've they've been outsiders in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, a really bad joke by Sokka. You know, your your favorite. You know, your your favorite comedian here. <laughs> it's like he's got to be a rock or a Northbender, right? You know, it was name Rocky. Oh uh, yeah, I groaned. Same my guy who coughs. I went. Oh boy. <laughs> but then you know, there's there's uh, Katara there. She's helping him think clearly of like okay what, what about these challenges that made was there any sense to them it's like no there was no sense to them sort of was there a theme to any of these you know and things like oh yeah none of them was straightforward and they were all you know out of the box thinking unorthodox who do i know who's unorthodox oh wait it's been here this whole time so once upon a time not long ago when these two lived back in the days of the good and the old it's King Boomy. It's that <laughs> mad little kid Boomy, but no longer kid Boomy, but King Boomy. King Boomy. And I gotta say, I kind of, I almost wish that there was a lot more, not drama, but I, I kind of wish that we had a little more of like Aang almost in tears. Kind of like, because we do see like the whole, we, we talked about like the whole friends and whatnot uh, back in episode three. But I kind of wish it was like, this is, and we don't know how long Ang knew Boomy for, but I almost wish that mm. they stayed a bit longer. And who knows, maybe they did after, because we get right now his, him talking, is that like 2154, uh, give, giving Ang advice of like, you know, what the world is. To defeat Lord Orzai, stuff that we already know is, mm, actually, do we? No, we actually haven't. Like this is, you know, so Boomy is the one that tells him about this. You don't have to think like a mad genius. So I, I kind of hope that in universe they they were talked a little more about stuff, which would be nice. Mm. All your friends to defeat the Fire Nation, which is nice. We end off with him and Aang going down a slide, of course, and then one last thing, three times, my cabbages. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh man, that guy's the uh, in-universe butt monkey. Sorry, what were you saying, sir? I completely um, interrupted you there. Oh, I was just gonna say, I did think it was a shame that we didn't like the relationship. Feels like it could have been deeper. Yeah, but I guess if he comes back, they'll they'll probably expand on it. So, uh, um, <laughs> but well, how long did they know each other for prior to that? Like that flash was that the first? I assume that was not the first time those two. Uh, there you are doctor movie that's the that's the one i believe that they're the ones responsible for your favorite episodes or favorite looking episodes excuse me yeah i was gonna say i i I got the sense that ang was there for a little while like he was like staying in the city i could see that actually yeah i'm not sure when that would have been i don't know if that was when he was on the run 
uh, or if like the monks just took him there, like, come see this cool city. It's the future. Look at their cool mailing system. Well, I don't know why the monks, what would have been in their mind of like, cause they're all about separation, not so much isolation. Ah, you could, you could, there's that question of like, is it separation or is it isolation? He is the avatar. Maybe they wanted to show him the world. Like this is the world you have to protect. This is the world. It might become. But again, I didn't, I, they didn't know unless that was, they knew beforehand and they were like subconsciously doing that. Like they were doing that before he knew. Cause I remember I asked, was he going there and traveling the world with the knowledge that he was the avatar or was it not knowing that he was the avatar? Yeah, but I don't, did we come to a conclusion? I don't think they really say it. Well, I think we have to wait for that episode to come up. Mm, sure. Boomy in the flashbacks didn't talk to, didn't seem to, um, talk about uh anything calling ang the avatar at all which didn't seem like that yeah i don't think boomy would have really uh that that kid he he cares more about doing slide stuff than that's true avatar stuff (laughs) my question is though my question is i wonder if again speculating if ang had stayed he probably would have obviously gotten all the air uh, all the training from the best earthbenders i wonder if Boomy would have been his earthbender and obviously his earth teacher is not Boomy, but in this, in, in this proper timeline, but I, and because Boomy is only like his age and we don't know if Boomy was a master, but yeah, we don't know if Boomy was like, you know, a master earthbender at the age of 12 either. Maybe him and Boomy would have trained together. Maybe that would have been interesting. Would have had like a little diamond and the same with, um, with Kuzo or Kuzon, excuse me. Um, who you don't even know who I'm talking about, which is fine. <laughs> Maybe he would have gotten a waterbender friend eventually. Maybe it would have been a, ironically a girl as well. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it would have been grand grand. We have no idea. <laughs> that would have been, that's the fan fiction somewhere. Oof. Wasn't even thinking of that, but uh, that's the episode. That is the, that is the King of Omashu. Would you like to go to Omashu there, sir? Hey, it looks pretty. I wouldn't mind yep. uh, paying a visit, you know. Yeah. Got my little tourist map out, you know. <laughs> so, has this, uh, you still adhere, I don't say adhere, but are you still uh, in tune with what you had uh, stated of this being a filler episode? I mean, I, I assume so. Yes, absolutely. I, I feel like that lesson, like it just, it's a little thin, but it it, it was kind of a moment where I was like, okay, they're trying to find some reason behind this episode so it's not just kind of a kind of a jokey one. But it just fell a little flat for me, I thought. That's fair. But I was thinking to myself about this. I was like, okay, what can I say about this episode? It's not like there... I certainly had a lot to say on this episode. But especially that realization that I didn't even, again, realize until the moment happened. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it. And again, I'm probably ignorant on this. But this felt... Almost like a tale, if you will. Almost like one of those, like a, like a again, this, this sounds very like insensitive almost in a way, but one of those Chinese tales. Like, you know, you know, the tale of how this person got from one side of the river to another, in a way. And how Aang encountered this mad king. Like if you if you look at it from like almost a, a story, like a like a legend or a tale perspective 
it kind of has that to it where he had to fight this mad king and this king made all these like ridiculous challenges to him and he had to think outside the box and the lesson at the end was um oh he in the end he he did uh he figured out the king's name and and what it was all about and i feel i feel it was something like that i don't know if i'm making any sense whatsoever <laughs> no i think you're making sense i yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know if i have much to say on that <laughs> that's fair it's just from uh, trying to thinking outside the box like the, this episode thing is like oh is this really a filler episode and you're just like, not thinking outside the box like no i guess it's filler but i like this episode because we expand do we expand more on ang's character like from here on out like that would mean that he'd have to s- stick with this like you know think outside the box plan and start and i guess he does in a few episodes he does think outside the box well didn't he kind of think outside the box in the last episode when he went and got that sea serpent that he couldn't ride he certainly did he certainly did so do you think those two episodes should have flipped that uh, c- could or have not been flip, but switch boss excuse me i feel like ang's always been an outside of the box type of guy yeah i mean he's he's got that youthful spirit he you know like Zuko's a little bit of like a trained fighter. He's a little bit more restrained. I think maybe that's why Aang has a little bit of an edge to him. Which, speaking of which... <laughs> yeah, no no Zuko this time. <laughs> Not until like the very, very after the episode do we bring up the fact that this was the first episode <laughs> without our kind of do-tagonist almost in a way. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's kind of an ensemble. I mean, they haven't focused a ton on... Uh, Sokka and Katara separate from the Avatar. I, I guess they kind of did with Sokka last time. The Warriors of Kyoshi. Yeah, no. Yep, they certainly gave him his moments there. Uh, his growing moments. Which is fine. Yeah, but it's strange to see Iroh and Zuko absent. I mean, they were kind of absent in the last episode too. They showed up, but it was so brief. It was like two scenes. So, And as you point out, they weren't really characterized. I feel like they were characterized in the beginning before Mm-hmm. They were just like, as you said, an action. It, as as you said, it should have been Zhao. It's, it kind of <laughs> should have been Zhao who was looking after him or hunting him. Well, interesting. I don't remember saying that, but <laughs> oh well. Actually, you didn't say that. I I kind of was like, oh, it should have been Zhao instead okay. of Zuko <laughs> because that way it makes him more of a generic villain, even though he's kind of not. Yeah, yeah. He was just a plot device in that episode. So, and you didn't like that because it's like. Or weren't feeling it with that just because it's like, oh, Zuko shouldn't be a plot device. Mm. Just as no character should be a plot device. But it just would have been interesting. You don't always have to have a character be in the same or be in every episode. Except for maybe Aang because he's, you know, the title character. Mm. That is it. That's all I have to say. I'm still feeling it on this episode. It, you know, helped the world building. Did it impact the characters at all? here on after as we just realized it's like no ang's always thought outside the box so not really but <laughs> we certainly return to this eventually perhaps we don't know <laughs> join us if you wish to if you haven't been spoiled by any of what we have said yeah i'm sure all that stuff will be trimmed out of there yeah but for my kind of final thoughts on it i don't think it's an awful episode i didn't dislike it it just didn't really have a ton to it, I thought, and the humor just didn't quite play as well as it normally does for me. So Okay. Yeah, I mean, a, a, there's a lot of Avatar episodes where I feel like 
it does feel like filler, but it's just super fun. So uh, it's all good. You know, does it give you are you are, are you giving it a thumbs up or two thumbs up? Yeah, just kind of thumb in the middle. Like it's okay. I'll I'll probably continue to forget about it. Like I forgot about it completely on this viewing, and my next viewing I'll probably forget about it completely as well. So wow. Well, that's that's fair. I mean, the other excuse I could give it's well, it's episode five. What do you expect? And then you're like, well, <laughs> the first three episodes gave me a lot, so no, I'm expecting more. It's like no, yeah, no, you're kind of right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you kind of are expecting more. So, but there's always a couple duds in there, you know. And it's not even necessarily a dud; it's just a weaker. It's like uh, could have used another rewrite. Yeah. But anyway, that's all that I've got to say on this episode, I think. So, <laughs> but I absolutely enjoyed recording with you. You know, it's always fun going through these episodes. I always enjoy it. Hey, man, I'm always loving this. Let's keep going with this. Absolutely. So, good night, everybody, or good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> My apologies. We obviously did this. Well, actually, I don't. You don't know when we did this. <laughs> so I just gave it away. But uh, all of you, I challenge all of you to go down a slide tomorrow. But try to go up the slide instead of going down it, if you know what I mean. But you have to sit like you would go on a slide, but you have to go back up. And all those who go to a water park and there's one of those like, you know, 90 foot drops or, I don't know, 20 meter drops, whatever it is, you know, plunging down. I challenge all of you to go on that. Face your fears of if you're acrophobic. That includes (laughs) me too. One, One day. Yeah, if Cultist Lake Water Park opens up again. But anyway, have a uh, have a good time, everybody. Keep watching Avatar. Until next time. Peace. I was waiting to end it there to, to go off on my little tangent here about the uh, water slides. Do you ever just watch the YouTube videos of like POV people going down them? I never do. I... <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, I just love watching those videos. I don't really care about going on those slides. I think it's kind of boring. <laughs> I really enjoy the videos. The water looks amazing. and <laughs> That's not <laughs> that's chlorine for you. Yeah, and just I love when they get up to the front of it and there's those uh, like two sides that are spraying in. I think that just looks super cool visually. Interesting. You you like the engineering side of it almost. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a fun little it's a fun little thing to to watch. Yeah, my I don't like watching you roller coasters, but I love watching those butterfly <laughs> ones. <laughs> I I never thought of that. I never thought of like just you know, getting a GoPro, attaching it onto my forehead and going <laughs> On the 90 foot drop at Cultus. Yeah, I'm sure it'd look cool. I guess it would, but why would I watch that if I, I'd rather just live it. I'd rather do it because anybody can, if you're over a certain height and you're of a certain weight. 
Yeah, see, for me, I just don't get much enjoyment out of it. I don't really like chlorine. I don't get much out of the sliding because it's all just kind of happening in like a blur. But when you watch on a video, it there's like a distance to it, so you can kind of focus on the action more, I feel. Couch seat quarterbacking almost in a way, but in a good way. Yeah, and I love the end when they splash in the water, you know. That was always my favorite part of the slide, too, when you get to the end and you splash in the water. <laughs> and that's why you would do it again and over and over again, because you want that feeling of getting splashed by the water uh, at the bottom. Yeah. yeah, the rest of the ride just always took too long for me. And the fact that you get a massive like wedgie. <laughs> yeah, I don't love that either. Uh, from it sometimes yeah numerous times i go flying into the water and my trunks would be gone i'd be like oh because i was always too thin so my trunks are always oh, a little bit here. too big yeah same here i i have the same thing uh, my waist is just so small so glad i'm a 32 right now holy smokes <laughs> This section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Enter at your peril. Which, yeah, if you're here at the end, of course, congratulations, spoilers, and killed Ozai. I don't know why that confused me so much. <laughs> but anyway, let's get past that. I was like, Angus, Angus, Angus actually Cora's dad. Oh boy. Let's, let's get past this. Son of a gun. I just realized something. So Boomy throws the, um, Boomy throws the chicken leg at, at Aang, right? And then Aang catches it with air bending with the, with a bunch of air. That's so funny because I just realized that like further on in the future in book three, when Boomy uh, like Ang's kid gets airbending, the first thing uh, his great, his grandson Milo does is like smack a plate up, toss it at Boomy and then Boomy catches it with air. That's so funny. Holy smokes. Oh, wow. That's hilarious. Did not I remember that moment. Holy <laughs> smokes. I can't believe. That was like one of the first things they showed in like a trailer in the trailer, excuse me, for uh, book three in that series. So wow. that's that is an excellent callback. Holy no, smokes. Cool. Wow. That's amazing. So obviously this means jack crap to you here, but like, oh, man, that's that's hilarious. It's probably the most excited, insightful thing we're gonna have to see on this episode. So. <laughs> probably bask in it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess a lot of people found it funny and it became a meme. Yeah. And he, and he came back a couple times, right? He comes back either when they, no, they come back. Cause we see him, I think in either bossing say, or in later on in book one. And then there's a big joke about how in Cora, there's actually the cabbage corpse. If you remember that. And how it's a rival to uh, Sato Industries. Oh yes, I do remember that now. Yes, <laughs> and there was uh, in like I was like chapter eight or something like that in Korra. He gets framed for being an equalist supporter. Oh boy, you know, I don't remember that. It's tight, like a red, a red scare, almost in a way, <laughs> being outed as, as a supporter of of the Reds. If you know what oh. I mean. 
But yeah, in case anyone doesn't realize at this point, we're talking about the cabbage merchant who uh, we see his cabbages get kicked over the side in the beginning of this episode. So. Kicked? More like launched over the side. Thank you very much. Launched. Yeah, that's fair. Except for maybe Aang because he's, you know, the title character. Mm. Um, but I'm eventually glad that they didn't have to have him, especially in Zuko alone. That was incredible for him to have. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, when Zuko gets his, uh, you know, alone episode and Aang doesn't, it's way better. <laughs> it's just the way. You, it's just the way you write. That's that's all. Yeah, and, and we get a ton of Aang, so it's nice to step away every now and again. Absolutely. <laughs> 